further up and further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey, Amy, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we are going to talk about um, just something that you've been going through where Jesus met you in the hard times and then kind of unpack that about what it, what is, what can everyone else take away from it as well? Yeah, this is actually something I find hard to talk about. Um, But I'm finding that when I feel compelled to like today, it's kind of like one of our recent episodes. It'll be awkward, but I'll do it and it'll be good. (laughs) The other fun thing about us just sitting here and recording is that I forget that other people are going to listen. Although we're recording on Zoom today and that is a level of disconnect that we don't have when we're in the room together. Just yeah, it is. It is a little bit different. A little more stiff, a little more formal. Anyway, time to jump in. So everybody knows that I was diagnosed with cancer like six months ago, and that's just boring topic to me and yet still constant reality. And I think that we all have long haul things that we're going through. It doesn't have to be cancer. So I really want people to hear, you know what? God's in your long haul story too. And hopefully sharing some of this today will help people. So when you get diagnosed with cancer, they have protocols that they you know, put you through and, um, they're all sort of like as extreme as we can go to kill the cancer without hopefully probably not killing you, (laughs) which sounds a little rough, but it's true. And I mean, all the people involved are beautiful, caring people who have really worked hard to develop these things so that we can carry on with life. And that's good, but everybody has to decide, you know, how far you're going to go, you know, what's your limit of, what you will suffer or endure to hopefully, probably, possibly return to a flourishing life. And and no one can make that decision except you. And those are not easy things, but I'm a really decisive person. Actually, very rarely do I freeze on a decision. I have a gut instinct or a confident thought. And I go on that and hardly ever regret it. Like, honestly, in my whole life, I've really regretted a few decisions. They've been big ones, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> And so early on, I was just like, made this fierce declaration, like, I'll do anything except get a bag. And I go ahead. I was, I was like, is that a fierce declaration or, or maybe into the vow area? (laughs) Well, now that's a good thing to unpack, Amy. What about that? It could be either way. I think it was like, um, it didn't feel like a vow. It just felt like a, this is my limit. This is what I won't do. I, I feel like I can't do that. That's like quality over quantity. I'm, I'm not doing that. I am a squeamish person for sure. Fastidious. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if I should tell anybody else this, but like my first nickname was Miss Priss. So, you know, if you know me, you know. Yeah. Okay. Don't call me that. Don't call me that. <laughs> Amy's got, I wish Zoom is weird because your face looks really empowered all of a sudden. Like, when am I going to pull this one out? (laughs) But we forget these things. We think we're so funny and then we forget about them. Um, And also it just be so there. Hmm. Doesn't feel beautiful, feminine, desirable. It's, you literally have a bag attached to your body 24 seven. That's collecting an uncontrollable flow of unattractive fluid. So that was my line. And I just knew it actually, like I said, I knew it, that was it. And that's fine. I'm not um, afraid of dying because I would be with the Lord and that's a good thing. And 
nor do I have like a death wish. It just felt really confidently that's where we're at. So treatment starts, chemo doesn't go well, but I get fried to the nth degree and it mostly goes well, but not quite enough. It's not quite enough. So then in January, they call me and tell me it's time for surgery and this is what we're going to do. And they just march forward with all this explanation of what they're going to do and what it's going to be like and how I will wake up with this bag. And I'm like, no one's listening to me. I've said, I'm not doing this. So I am like relentlessly telling surgeons, nurses, doctors, I'm not having a bag. So do what you need to do, but that's what we're not doing. (laughs) Amy, nobody was listening to me. (laughs) And uh, so I get the booking call and they tell me, beautiful, kind nurse, all the nitty gritty, gory. This is what we're going to do. And I'm just like, I can't actually, but I go through the motions of a huh, uh-huh, 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 and write down all the notes. I get off the phone and I'm so at the end of Michelle. And so when we go through long haul things, we've all ended at the end of our rope where we feel like we actually have nothing left on this one. And That can look like a lot of things for all of us. But for me in that moment, it was just like this cry to God that was not rebellious or defiant, but like really heartfelt. God, if you want me to live and you have more purpose for my life, you can heal me. And if this is the end of the road for me, I surrender to that. I'm happy to go see you, but I can't do this. Now, somebody else might think that's foolish, (laughs) but that's okay. We all have a different end of our rope. Mm And, um, and so there I was and I, you know, I'd cried and prayed and, and done everything. And now it was just like done. And it's not a pleasant place to be at the end of our rope, but I've consistently found it in my life to be holy ground. Mm-hmm. We just ask God, like, apart from you, I actually have nothing else left here. And I don't think God, um, despises that place. I do. I don't like weakness, but God doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think there's a verse, well, for sure it's in the Psalms, but I might not remember accurately which one it is, maybe 103, where it talks about, um, I'm still, I'm quiet, like a weaned Mm. child. Yeah. I see where it is in my Bible. Right? Like right there, halfway down. (laughs) That will help our listeners. Google Psalm weaned child. Yeah. But the picture for that, for me is, I mean, if we have, if you've been around toddlers, they have like a lot of big emotions and then they'll be done. (laughs) And you hold them and they are still and quiet. They're not in control, but they are spent and they are held. And I like that picture for me that I can come to God and we can like spend our emotions. He's, he can contain it. We don't even have to. And when it's all said and done, he holds us and we're still not in control, right? There's nothing We have nothing left and nothing we can do, but we are held. And so I hope that's something that people experience, even as I'm describing this. Yeah, I'm out of control in this situation, but I'm held by God. And so for me, I know then that I just have to wait and that he will speak to me because I have nothing else left. And if he doesn't speak, I won't be okay. But I know that he will speak because he does. Mm -hmm. It's his nature and character. He is the word. Mm -hmm. He speaks and worlds are formed. And so I went and cleaned the kitchen. (laughs) What else does a woman do in a time of crisis? Exactly. (laughs) And scrape and clean and stack and have control over something. No, I just felt like, what else do I do now? So I go and clean the kitchen and I'm puttering away and maybe smacked a few dishes a little harder than I needed to. And I was still weeping, but not big emotions, you know? 
And then all of a sudden, like time had gone by easily an hour. And all of a sudden I just heard the words partner with life. Hmm. So I'll partner with life. And it's not like fireworks and big drum rolls and, you know, things that one might associate with, you know, an angelic visitation where the voice of God speaks, but more like that still and quiet and really solid, powerfully true voice of God. And it's funny to me that when we ask God for wisdom and direction or to speak, I mean, don't you think if you ask the almighty for directions, he'd give you a bullet point list of this and then this and then this. I mean, I'd really sure like it because then I can say, okay, thank you for the plan. I'll take it from here. Jesus. Bye. Oh, Amy, you have such a way of nailing that feeling. I will take it from here. Jesus. Indeed. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, those three simple words partner with life were so full of power and Mm. gentleness, but not like explosive gentleness, just like solid surety. And I knew what it meant for me. It meant you go ahead with the surgery, you get to partner with life. Mm. And uh, the thing I think that is critical in those moments is to understand that when we come to the end of our rope, we can't just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and get her done. Or maybe some people can, but then I would say they're actually not at the end of their rope. If they can still pull themselves up by their bootstraps, they got something left of their own. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. It's not a, Hey, I'm at the end of the rope. Therefore I will, you know, bear down hard enough, grab on hard enough, grit hard enough, whatever it is to yeah. generate something. Right. Like the shaking the fist at the sky, I will not, you know, go quietly into that dark night. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I find is when he speaks to us in that place of being the spent weaned child Mm -hmm. is the words, his voice in and of itself carries strength Mm, that fills us. And it's almost more like to me, if anybody is a bread maker, like you sprinkle some dry kernels of yeast on some water. And something starts to happen that actually keeps on happening Mm. and expands and grows. And so, you know, you have this beautiful bread, but it starts as something really small. Yeah. That it's not so much, you know, what is said, but Mm -hmm. who is saying it that has the effect. Yeah. And so those words partner with life were like somehow instinctively revelatory words that gave me direction on this one thing, but they started to speak to everything. Mm. Which it's, that happens so often, right? Right. (laughs) Jesus gives words and it's like for one thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this works here too. Oh, look at that. Exactly. And it's so funny because what you just said a minute ago about I'll take it from here, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, his little phrase is so much better than the bullet point. Yeah, because it's so big and so powerful and it starts to build, it carries life and life actually like grows and compounds and gets stronger Mm. and bigger. That's what life does. It's the opposite of death that is waning and, you know, weakening and tapering off. Yeah. Right. We, we hear about this life that Jesus has for us in John 10, 10, right. It kind of, it's the contrast. It says, you know, the, The thief comes only in order to kill, steal, and destroy. I came, obviously this is Jesus talking. I came, (laughs) no, not me. I came that they may have life 
and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I think sometimes when it talks about like life, we, we automatically kind of put it into the eternal life category. Like, oh yeah, Jesus says that we have eternal life and we have life and death. Like we, we go to that part as opposed to like looking at it's like, no, this means like right now, abundant light, vibrant life, like right now, not just squeaking by slowly right. waning slowly waning and I love it as you're reading that and thinking abundant life and I'm like yeah my first translation would be abundant life is immediately healed from cancer Mm. which of course he does do yeah but when he doesn't manifest the answer to our prayers that way it's still he gives us life Mm. that's a yep that's a really important thing I think you said there that it's like even if it's not how we're thinking or or how we think abundant life would look wherever situation we in Jesus has life and abundant life for us. And I don't know maybe what the literal translation of that word abundant is, but again, I, I put def, definiters, definiters, definiters. <laughs> I put parameters on what that looks like. I define what that looks like. Can you edit that part out? I, I don't know if you have enough pauses, I can. <laughs> I put parameters around that. Okay. Like this is exactly what this means. I define abundance according to my definition of abundant. Oh, shoot. I know. Right. Thank you for that little moment of compassion and empathy. I actually felt that. (laughs) And so because I want people to hear what we are saying and not like fluffy fluffiness, I like to be transparent. You know, when I went through the surgery at first, I felt for two weeks afterwards, like really um, kind of elated in some ways, like I'm getting on with this journey. And I, I got the pathology report back and it's like clear margins, which is what we all hope and pray for. And, and that was wonderful. So I kind of had a joyful energy, but then I started waning again. Mm. My, my body has not done well with this apparatus glued to it. And uh, it started to get long and it's been two months now. And it was, it's actually been everything I thought I didn't want and more. Mm. So sometimes we don't want stuff and we go, Oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. No, oh, it has look been. At that. Yeah. <laughs> it has been that bad and things I never anticipated. And I don't say that to be like, boo hoo. I say that to mean like every day I've had to make this choice partner with life. Mm. And it hasn't, brought bursts of joy every time, but it's always brought strength. So if you could unpack for us a little bit, like when you say, man, today I'm partnering with life. Mm -hmm. What is, what does that actually look like? Mm -hmm. What part of it is like your partnering? I mean, it sounds silly, but it's like showing up, Mm. but sometimes people say, Oh, I'm, you know, when I trying to encourage them, like, I'm not brave. I don't have any choice except to deal with this. I'm like, dude, you keep showing up. In some ways, there is an option to languish, which is different to me than grieving. Yeah. Right. And so the first few weeks, I'm a morning person. I love getting out of bed in the morning and coffee. First thing, coffee. And no one else is up. And it's like my happiest, happiest time of day. And all of a sudden, I was finding I didn't want to get out of bed every day because the very first thing I was going to have to do is deal with this emptying this thing that I find disgusting and repulsive. Mm. 
before I had coffee. And if there was any complications, I had to deal with those before I had coffee. And I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. And that sounds so fundamental. Well, you have to. Mm -hmm. I had to just say, God, I thank you today that this is the strategy you've given me for life. I'm not saying, you know how we can diminish and downplay things and say, at least it's not cancer. Yeah. I actually find that not helpful at all. Please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't at least me. (laughs) Yep. It's exactly because when just a little side note there, when we at least people, it's like we, we take away space for them to actually like feel their emotions, have permission as well as we then actually take away our ability to actually offer compassion. Yes. Because we've kind of offered a, like at least, and so that means you should be fine. Why are you complaining about like all the added on things that we don't say, but exactly messages go in there. And so, man, we're really getting into more details than I thought I would share, but that's okay. So I'd be there like in the bathroom and things not going well. And just bothered on multiple levels by how difficult and unpleasant this was. And there was, I mean, I had moments where I cried and I wanted to swear and I'm not really, am I a big swearer? I think I'm not a big swearer. (laughs) No, my go-to like, I'm not going to just vent by dropping giant F-bombs or something. It's just not my go-to no judgment. It does not how I function. And I definitely had moments of that and it, but it didn't take too long before I was like partnering with life actually means that I'm going to give God glory in this moment. Mm. So I could be crying, but I would turn my words and my thoughts, not in a sappy way, but to God, thank you that you're here with me and that you've given us this wisdom and strategy for this season. I don't like it, but I acknowledge it as provision. So Mm. honest. And I have found that practicing gratitude in this season has been a critical spiritual discipline. Mm. not a way to function in denial. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, you're not like shoving things down, but nor are you kind of like, you're making your focus Jesus and his provision and what he's done, not the focus of this is terrible. I hate this. This is the worst thing. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. Kind of that is the focus. Exactly. So acknowledging and And, and, and it's a fierceness. Obviously, this is where my fierce hope title comes from. I think hope is a very fierce thing. Mm. And I often talk about that verse in Psalm 105, where it says between the time the Lord gave Joseph the dream and its fulfillment, he tested Joseph's character. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the almighty is up there just dreaming up character tests for us because he's not cruel, but character tests come our way in our broken world. Mm. Yeah. And so I was like, if this is a character test, actually, I can praise God here. I actually can Mm -hmm. without any denial. I can praise him. And so if this is, if this is where Satan is defeated in my life, it will be because I chose to worship instead of wallow. Mm, Yeah. And so that's partnering with life and it's messy and gritty, but it's actually so dangerous. I'm convinced of this. Mm. Yeah. When I was, uh, thinking about this phrase partner with life, it was like, okay, like, you know, obviously our situations are different. And it was like, for me, maybe like a, um, a slightly different is like, for me, it's easy just to go into like meh bland, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Like, okay, we do this and then we do this and we do this and I gotta do this. And you just kind of the, like, not necessarily the end of my rope, but not partnering with life, just kind mm-hmm. of there. 
And so, uh, partnering with life. It, I mean, this might not be helpful to anyone other than me, but. Oh, I think it will be. I can feel it. <laughs> well, maybe I was reading John Acuff's book called soundtracks and he was taught. I don't even remember what on earth this was connected to. I know not. I remember nothing. All I remember is he told this story about Kanye West uh-huh. about how it's like somehow Kanye was in like some having a conversation with someone and then someone else called and he picked up the phone. And I guess the person must've been like, what are you doing? Or something like that. And Kanye was like, I have a dope life and I do dope shit. And it's like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know why, but that phrase has like, so stuck with me that it's like, whenever I find myself just kind of getting into that, like, oh, okay, now there's hockey. Now there's dance now. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, that it's like, even just pausing and being like, you know what? I have a dope life and I do dope shit. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All of a sudden it like, it changes. It changes from like, I have to do this almost like I have no other choice. I am a victim to my circumstances to like, my life is great. Even though sometimes I can definitely point out when it's not, Sure. but right. Like, man, no, like Jesus has given me opportunity. This is where Jesus is working in my life. This is how I get to partner with him. And just in that one phrase that it's like you, when you say partner with life, I think in my head, I have a dope life and I do dope shit. I love it. And I think that you've highlighted something so critical for our listeners, as usual, the holy thing that God has designed here where we have two really different personalities, but highlighting such good things. Cause when we talk about, I could say, you know, Oh, this end of my rope space and other people are like, I've just been doing the endless grind. Mm -hmm. I wish I could get to the end of my rope. So something spectacular could happen. Cause at least then there'd be a shift, you know, exactly. But right here, I'm just making lunches. I guess plotting, plotting through plotting. And we need to, it's the exact same thing. And I love, there's two things about what you just said that I love. A, he spoke to you through a book. Yeah. So people don't have to feel like, oh, I do dishes all the time. And I've never heard the voice of God. No, 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 no. You hear his voice and he speaks in so many ways. And so don't get limited to, oh, well, this was Michelle's story. Cause now you've heard Amy's story and she's reading a book and a page a words and and Kanye West (laughs) blow up some boxes. And it has like a crude word in it. That makes it even better. Um, And then, so yeah, it's like the voice of God, but even when you're describing it and I'm watching your face, Mm -hmm. it was John Acuff wrote words that Kanye West spoke, but God anointed those words for you in the space you find yourself and they carried life. Yep. Because as soon as you said it, I felt the spark of life in me and I watched your posture change. You kind of came up and your eyes opened. Yeah. Yeah. And you you weren't just like making stuff up or making even a really good, but you know, just making the positive affirmation that creates, Mm -hmm. we all know that we can be so at the end of our rope and come up with those all day long and nothing happens. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Cause I wasn't looking for something. I was reading a book about something else and it was just like that, like, boom, and God loves you. Yep. And he sees how your soul is kind of prone to the relentless disciplined grind of, yeah, this is what I have to do. Yeah. 
And he spoke into it because he has mercy and compassion on you. And he wants you to live abundantly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Which is like, I just love, cause it was like for so long, <laughs> my, one of the lies was like, Jesus only dealt with the people at the end of their rope. Yes. Right. It was like, you know, Jesus, Jesus, those are the ones he really cares about. You know, that's who he meets when people are at the end of their rope, have nothing else. Their life is a hot mess. Well, out of all the things. Mel, like, Amy, I feel really like a drama llama now. But you're absolutely nailing it. I don't want to be here either. <laughs> right. But it's like time and time again, it's like Jesus has compassion and life for all of us. He does. Whether we're just like mundanely slogging through, whether we are going through incredibly hard times and just can't do anything more. Yeah. He also has life for us and like hope and compassion and all the amazing stuff when like we are riding high, when life is going like awesome and we're pleased. Yes. Right. And it's He's so good. Always there. <laughs> And always talking to us and always He's not disengaged us. and not disengaged. Yeah, but not in a creepy way. No, no, no. Watching <laughs> us in a good way. Right. He's not disinterested. Yes. Cold, distant. Yeah. He's so all the time working in our lives to will and to do of his good pleasure. Exactly. He doesn't parcel things out in small amounts. Yeah. And his good pleasure, like the word pleasure. Yeah. There's satisfaction and contentment in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm preaching to myself now. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, of, we're like on a roll with oh, just good declaring the goodness of God, <laughs> acknowledging all the diverse stories that he engages in. It's so good. Yeah. So partner with life for me now has become probably a phrase that will speak to me the rest of my life mm. in some ways. It's, it's been like the discipline around eating, which normally I have no problem eating lots and too much and the wrong things with great gusto and joy. <laughs> And I've had to force myself to eat when I didn't want to, because that's going to partner with life. I have said no to food. I would rather eat. That's not good for me right now, because that's actually what it means to partner with life. It's actually brought some good discipline in some areas of my life. And it's brought like hope and water to parched soil in other areas of my mm. life. That's so good. Like what you just talked about the like partnering with life about how it actually has allowed you to to have more discipline because you, because you have the ultimate goal or you have your ultimate orientation that everything can be kind of like looked in through that. Is this partnering with life? Well, no, this is going to destroy my, my stomach system today. That's not partnering with life. It's so true. And it just seems so fundamental now, but it wasn't so obvious to me or it didn't seem so critical. I think the other thing that it just brought home to me when I felt like God said to me, partner with life is this. When it comes right down to it, our call and our purpose, and we can all word it differently. I know that I am to bring hope, to declare the truth of who God is and tell people how loved they are. Mm -hmm. I can do that with or without a colon. I can do that with or without arms and legs. Like it once again ignited or sparked. This is a purpose that matters so much. God is not oblivious to the suffering along the way, but this matters so much that I will be fierce about it. Mm. And so 
all the things that we would disqualify ourselves with. I just use some like graphic and very tangible words, but I think we all disqualify ourselves sometimes. Yeah. I don't have the right personality. I don't have the right gifts. I don't have the right training. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes, well, I know sometimes for me, it's like, I use those, I use those as a self-protection, hmm. right? To, it, it, it's an easy way out for me yeah. where it's yeah. like, well, if I can like disqual myself, I don't even have to like do the hard time, whatever, you know, do the hard yeah. things, potentially fail. You know, I don't need to deal with the fear, whatever it is for, for, you know, all of us. Yeah. But I think, yeah, the disqualifying sometimes right it in the, in the soul, we might not even be aware of that. It's like, okay. And then who whew, got out of that one. Yeah. And it's so funny. Cause exactly what you're saying, there's something about it. That's part of the Holy ground is that all we're going to do is ride the wave of his strength. Mm, yeah. That thing that, you know, thank you, Jesus. I'll take it from here. We don't have it. But yeah. when we partner with life, we really just give our yes to his life. Mm. So I was like getting the mail one day and I just kind of had this, kept having this flicker of a thought to stop somewhere and say hello to someone. And I kept thinking, no, I have other things to do. And no, I feel weak and emotional today. And I am not going to put myself in that situation of being vulnerable and whatever. I was just doing the, what do we call it, Amy? <laughs> Putting God off. Yeah. What if it actually wasn't his voice? And then the next thought that came to me was partner with life. And I'm like, all I have to do is show up there. I don't know what's going to happen after that, but it was Mm. such a good conversation. It was such a good conversation that we had. And I did nothing except partner with life. He gave me a nudge and I did it. And he took it from there. Mm, That's so good. You know, he's so kind because really I'm disqualified in my own opinion by all my whinging and whining. Yeah. I like what you said. You might not be able to remember the exact phrase and I should have written it down, but it was like something right. When we part, when we choose to partner with life, then God gives us his life. Well, it's partnering with his life. It's my yes and his strength. Yeah, that's what it is. Partnering with life. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go. I was going to say, yeah. Partnering with life is partnering with his life. Yes. I think that's how you phrased it, which is, which is an important distinction because it's, that's different in my mind than just partnering with life, but no, we're partnering with his life that has right strength, power, flourishing abundance, all the things. Yes. And it comes back again to, it's not about the grind. Yeah. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Just tough it out. Sweat it out. No, here I am. (laughs) Yes. Mm. Yes, I have a damn good life. Is that what it was? What what were your words? I have a dope life and I do dope dope shit. (laughs) I laugh every time I need to write it down. I know, right? It just (laughs) genuinely, and when I say it, it makes me laugh every time. Which again is a release of joy, which shows me that it has the power of life right on it there and I also really love that God is not religious yeah (laughs) so I think as we've come around to this point again that he just brings us joy by speaking to us in powerfully real ways that in and of itself his words carry life we really want our listeners to just actually be open and alert to his voice because he's going to speak to you you don't have to like find it 
he loves you. He's with you. He's going to speak his spark of life to you for your situation. And yeah, it might be a phrase that you just need to hang on to and stick it everywhere because it's going to carry you for a while, but it is going to sustain you as you pursue him further up and further in. Mm -hmm.